She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Season 1, Episode 2. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Marvel Plus, the podcast devoted solely to the Disney Plus Marvel series. My name is Brett Scott. I am your host, and this is the show. Welcome. Welcome. So good to be back. Uh, This week, we have an awesome recurring guest, my good friend, and yours by now, Steve Banvard. Now, Steve, he's... He's our regular email guy. We get emails from Stephen Banvard giving kind of his takes each week on the episodes. Actually, I caught him out this week uh, while he was on the show because I haven't heard from him in, in a while. And I'm like, what, do you just you just not have commentary? I know you've got something to say. Keep those emails coming, and that goes for everybody else too. You have something to say about the current week's episode or, or episodes past, hit me, hit me up. Send me an email at marvelpluspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can always reach out on Twitter or Instagram at RealBrettScott. Oh, I'm on TikTok now as well. Yes, I've joined the ranks of the of, of Gen Z and um, j- jumped in over on TikTok. I, I'll be sharing clips and stuff like that from the show over there along with um, other little snippets from my life. So if you're interested in that, go follow me over there as well at RealBrettScott. Basically anywhere you can follow me at RealBrettScott. So if a new platform pops up in the next decade or so, I'll probably be real Brett Scott on there as well. Anyway, welcome to the show. Uh, like I said, it's a good one. Steve Bambard is is always a great guest. Every time I have him on, I always feel like, man, that was a, that was a great conversation once again. It's never a dull day when Steve is on the show. So I hope you guys enjoy everything we talk about in this episode. She-Hulk, episode two. Not quite as eventful as episode one, um, but definitely some things happen. Uh, some some major, major Easter eggs in this episode that maybe everyone didn't catch. Uh, you know, if you're on the internet at all, you, you probably saw something about it. Uh, but if not, if you're just watching these episodes or if uh, you're a casual viewer, you know, maybe you, you're not into the comics, maybe you're not knowing what to look for, then we'll clue you in because we talk about it in detail here in this episode. I hope you enjoy everything we have to say. And um, yeah, make sure you follow Steve. Uh, I'll put all the links to where you can follow him in the description. He also does some podcasting of his own um, and has a Facebook page dedicated to that. So I'll definitely include all the links where you can find Steve Manbard in the description in the show notes. All right, let's jump into the conversation with my friend and yours, Steve Manbard. Well, welcome back to the show, man. I, um, like I said before, before we actually started here, the last time you were on, I believe, was Moon Knight. Uh, you said maybe it wasn't that memorable because Moon Knight was not your favorite series. It, it wasn't. I had high expectations for it because I do like the like the boots on the ground type shows where you know it's fisticuffs. I, I do like that over like um, you know sparkly special effects. You know. Um, so, you know, you got your, 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 you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier that, that was like the, the top, 
top notch for me. So I was, I was happy to get on that for that one. Um, and then Moon Knight, you know, I, I thought it was going to be something similar. And then just kind of kind of went off in its own direction and um, never really never really connected for me. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I think there was like one episode or maybe half an episode that uh, w was really intriguing. That, that was the episode where they were at the, um, the like the mental institution and you weren't quite sure you know is this reality is this a dream you know what yeah. what's going on here but they they kind of abandoned that real quick uh, i don't even think it lasted a full episode and right. um and, and then they brought it back inexplicably they brought it back at the very end um where um um uh the mark specter's you know other personality showed up in the limo and I'm like, what? What is going on? What, I I thought that was not the reality that we were in, but apparently it is. I don't know. It. I was left perplexed by the series. It wasn't what I expected, and by the end of it, I, I was still like scratching my head. So. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, the one thing that I one thing that I really liked about that series is that it didn't feel the need to to connect to anything else. It was kind of its own thing, um, but at the same time. After wrapping that up and then jumping into some of these other series that definitely tie in, right, big time, yep. Yep. and make it they make it very apparent they're they're a part of the MCU. Um, it's hard to imagine how Moon Knight fits into that world. <laughs> it's it feels now so disconnected compared to any of the other series and, and, and films. It, it definitely does, and you know, you, you you look at what's coming up on the horizon for Marvel. Um, and there's, there doesn't seem like anything like is trying to connect back into uh, Moon Knight. So, I don't know. It, it may be just a one and done. I mean, they they got, um, you know, Oscar Isaac, and you know, use him for all he's he's worth, right? And you know, that might be just it. Maybe, maybe. And you know, honestly, if it does do that, and if they're not trying to tie him in, I may appreciate the series even more just for being its own thing. Um, and, and, you know, cause right now the, the only issue I really had with it is like, I don't see how he comes back in any big sense, like in, in a big Avengers film or in a team film or anything like where do they time, um, you know, are they going to do like the, the, the kind of horror genre piece of the MCU that people were talking about and bringing in werewolf by night. And, and I, I heard some, some rumors, but I think it was completely rumor that there was going to be some werewolf by night Halloween special. Is that real? I, I don't even know if that was real. It's like I, I did hear that they're doing like a Halloween or yeah, a Halloween special, but uh, I don't know if it's a, a werewolf by night showing up. I you know if he was going to show up, you know I, I would have expected a cameo in Moon Knight. You know, have a little Jack Russell cameo. That's fine. Or yeah. have Blade show up, or you know we we kind of get his voiceover at the end of Eternals, but. Uh, yeah, actually make make an appearance <laughs> i mean come on <laughs> something and this th this episode of she hawk has uh, a little bit of that where like come on stop teasing us actually do something with this yes <laughs> yeah um and so so where have like where are you on these new characters being introduced in the mcu because the last few series um, Moon Knight is more. People are kind of. There's a lot of opinions out there, and a lot more dissenting opinions than I have. Like, you know, kind of souring on the MCU. 
Um, so other than Moon Knight, right? Let's let's leave that off t- to the side. I really enjoyed Miss Marvel I, more than I expected to, right? I, I even got my wife involved. She watched all the episodes. We we had a discussion about it. It was it was great experience, right? She Hulk here, you know, it's only two episodes in, but She Hulk, uh, I'm also very positive on. I mean, you know, I like bringing in these these female driven, uh, you know, shows. No problem with it. Um, I, I like the comedy aspect. You know, with uh, with Ms. Marvel, it was definitely geared to her uh, younger crowd. And, you know, they, they had, you know, the comedy wasn't what I, you know, kind of think about comedy. But, you know, it was there and I appreciate it. Just like She-Hulk also has a lot of comedy. And yes. um, I'm, I'm trying to level set where where I think it falls and where I where I think want my comedy to be but um it, yes. i i do appreciate it for what it is i mean i'm not i'm not gonna bash it i think it's it's great to have all these characters running around yeah i'm seeing i'm seeing everything from you know at first it was like for this series it was the cgi uh at first it was like that was everyone's complaint um i've had no issues really with it watching the series um it's hit and miss like it definitely does there's some scenes that look better than others um but overall like I'm okay with it. I think I, I, I made a comment in the last episode, like, I think she's very attractive as She-Hulk and uh, maybe more attractive than, than, than the Jen Walters character. So I don't have that big of a problem with the CGI. There was there was an initial trailer that had people scared because the CGI in that one looked like crap. And they they must have gone back and fixed it up uh, something better because so, the, the first two episodes, no problem. Yeah, I thought it's been pretty good. I um, so so you're pretty up on the series and looking like looking forward to uh, the rest of this series oh, so yeah. far. Oh yeah, okay. definitely, definitely. Okay. Um, the only the only issues I had with the first one were were just that she seemed a little too cocky for what she you know she was she was a, a little too able uh, yes. right away with the with the Hulk uh, power. Yeah, like it, it seemed a little unbelievable that she would just pick right up like that. Um, and, and, you know, Bruce kind of felt really like, oh, I guess you just don't need me then. You know, like, yeah, they, they oh, call that uh, a little bit of Mary Sue. Right. Okay. You got that with uh, some of the, the new Star Wars movies where, you know, she, she can just pick up a lightsaber and start battling, you know, a Sith Lord or whatever. No problems. Right. So, yes, yeah. most people need a lifetime of training. But not this character, because we need to move the plot along. We got we got stuff to do. It does. When Bruce says it took him twelve years to master where he is now, it's like we don't have twelve years. We got about nine episodes, and let's let's get this moving. <laughs> exactly. So that was the only thing I really ran into was the 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 ease with which she, you know, came into her own with these powers. But I do believe, and so you know, in the first episode, I'm thinking like, well, what is her? Um, character building stuff going to be in this series like what does she have to build upon because as right now she's already really good at everything and and she defeats uh titania in that scene like with ease it's over like that um and so i was like huh is this gonna be you know what's what's going to challenge her throughout these nine episodes and i just came to the conclusion it's probably more about her coming into her own and accepting that she's a hulk maybe embracing that she's a hulk rather than trying to like um distance herself from it 
yeah. so more of a personal journey than than actually learning skills. Yeah, I listened to your your review of uh, episode one, and I I agreed with everything you said. Now, with that said, I didn't have a problem with um, you know Jen Walters or She Hulk. I, I think I think that's fine. I had more of a problem with Bruce, and I was kind of coming at it from if this is the last hurrah of um, Hulk, right? If we yeah. if we never see any more Hulk after this She Hulk uh, series. Right. And he's passing on the mantle like a lot of these a lot of these uh, Marvel Plus shows or Disney Plus shows are doing where they're, yes. uh, you know, Hawkeye is introducing a, a younger female version of Hawkeye. All right. Now go pass the mantle and do right now. If this was the last thing we ever saw of Hulk, I would be terribly mm-hmm. disappointed. Right. Not only was he like demasculated in the fact that his you know younger cousin can do everything that he can do in uh, less amount of time it, it, yeah. it just it brings him down a level here here's my hero hulk you know he's been on you know the marvel since you know the second second movie in the franchise and he's now brought down to a level where he's not needed anymore go back to your lab i mean yeah Sorry, I, I know you've kind of brought back half the universe, but, uh, you know, kind of shuffle off and, you know, we, yeah. we got new hotness on the scene now. Yeah, I, f- I feel the same way. I'm, I'm a little like Hulk seems really kind of like a lame character right now. Like, it, it's like, is he even tough anymore? Is he strong anymore? Is he powerful? Because Jen takes him on. She's like on par with him strength wise immediately. Um, and you know, maybe, maybe I just don't like the smart Hulk. Maybe this is like, for me, um, a weaker or less than version of Hulk. I'll be honest. I'm a, I'm a big, you know, team Norton when it comes to Hulk. I love that version of the Hulk. Um, I, I was never really a big fan of the Ruffalo Hulk. Um, but it was fine. He was fine in the first Avengers movies, but I don't know since he became the smart Hulk or, or as Jen puts it, the smug Hulk, um, which I find really ironic because she seemed way more smug in that episode <laughs> than he did. Uh, True. But since that's happened, I, I just, I, he doesn't seem as intimidating. It doesn't seem like as much of a force. And I, I, I don't know if, does he need to be uh, crazed berserker Hulk to be, you know, powerful. Like I want him to be. Yeah. There's, there's an image going around from that first Avengers movie where Hulk with just one punch takes down one of those flying Leviathans. And yeah. in that first episode of She-Hulk, she basically runs him over with a Jeep, right? Yeah. So flying yeah. Leviathan Jeep, right? Yep. <laughs> and um, I, I think he does need to get uh, like a, a reset button. He needs a you know level set um, again for the, the character to work back in the Marvel universe. And we, we maybe see a hint of what that looks like in this episode. You know, he, he yes. goes off. I don't know yes. where he goes off or if we see him return <laughs> in the series, right. but, uh, you know, maybe he's going off to, to get that reset button. And uh, next time we see him, will be a better, better version uh, than what we get now. Well, so jumping into the episode, uh, it starts off with these news reports about what happened in the courtroom. And and Jennifer Walters is the the She-Hulk. They give her the name She-Hulk, and she is not liking this name at all. Uh, they're chanting She-Hulk in the bar, and she's like the, the star of the show walking in. 
but she's not liking that name. She's like, I hope, you know, hope that doesn't stick. That's ridiculous. Um, and it does, it, it, you know, it does sound ridiculous now and in the real world. <laughs> but, um, you know, in 1980, I'm sure it was fine. I feel like, oh, it's 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 the girl Hulk. We'll just call her She-Hulk. But especially for a character that that they're very much making like a um, strong female character. It it's funny. It's funny that her name is just She-Hulk. She's just a derivative of a man, right? She's the the woman version. Yeah. Um. It, it's it's good that they at least put that out there. You know, yeah. they they actually said, isn't that a little derivative? Like, so just lay it out, you know, put it out as, as long as everyone can understand that. Yes, we know the name is silly, but no, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah, it's funny. There's a guy at work um, that and, and he's like he's kind of a casual, casual Marvel fan. And uh, he was like, so I've been trying to keep up on all these series. He's like, I, I saw this this trailer for this new one. What's this? What's this? She-Hulk? What is this She-Hulk about? He's like, I was like, oh yeah, She-Hulk. You know, that's. He goes, um, and for a person who's not into comics, like, they don't know what She-Hulk. It just sounds like they made it up right now. Like to him, he thought they're just like, what are they doing? Like, why would they? They're just come up with this new Hulk, and it's a girl, and they call her She-Hulk. I like, you know, and I explained to him like, no, She-Hulk's been around for a, quite a while. This isn't a new thing. But I wonder if to casual fans, it does feel like that. Like they're just forcing in this female Hulk that. They made up on the spot. This phase in particular feels like they've been just introducing new characters by a, with a fire hose. Or they're just like, here's, you know, uh, America Chavez. We, yeah. we don't bother explaining who this character is. It's just now she's a part of the Doctor Strange universe. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. Right. And they, they, who's this Echo? Why is she having her own series? We, we're, we're not going to bother explaining. It's just, it is. Deal with it. So this this um, this phase of whatever, the end MCU, if, if we're going to do that, yep. um, it does feel like there's a lot being thrown. And I can see if you are like uh, the casual comic viewer who doesn't doesn't know that these characters do exist i mean they're all they're all based on comic book characters and um ms marvel is extremely popular um um, comic book character so it's it was bound to happen that she has uh her own series right i I look at um there's um a little spider-man and her and friends um um computer generated um kids show ms marvel is one of the characters on that so i mean they're it, they're targeting younger audiences for one, right? But also they're they're targeting different demographics than what came before, right? And She-Hulk yeah. has been around in the comics forever. Her comics have been awesome. She's got a great, you know, uh, run of fantastic comics, um, and I, I think they they're acknowledging, hey, we've got these source materials. Might as well use them, right? Might as well target the demographics we want to target, and Again, just the rest of the world's gonna have to deal with it and keep up if they, you know, and yeah, yeah. I think I think it is just it it is it's to casual fans and and basically non comic book fans of of this stuff. Um, it probably does feel like that. It's like oh well, they're just switching every character out with a female version. It's like 
Yeah, but comics have been doing that for years. Female versions, race swapping. This is normal stuff in comic books. It just feels weird to people who don't know that, I guess. Um, but yeah, man, I, they're just going to have to roll with the punches, I guess. I mean, and, and the, uh, you know, Feige and company don't seem to be bothered by that. They're just like, you know, hop on board and, or, or don't. But we're moving, you know, and um, I'm along for the ride, man. I, I they could do anything. I know what's coming. I know the X-Men are coming. It, it, nothing could, you know, pull me away at this point in time. We're like on the cusp of X-Men emerging in the MCU. I'm not going anywhere. Um, <laughs> so. This episode starts off with with that bar scene and uh, and Jen being fired. Uh, basically, they ended up losing the case on a technicality um, or it, it was declared a mistrial and it was because of her antics. And so they had to let her go. Uh, the prosecutor's office had to let her go. And now she's out of work. And I love that. I love that they worked in the fact that and and taught us that yes when she is she hulk and she's drinking it doesn't affect her in the same way but as soon as she reverts back to human it hits her like a brick wall and yeah, i love that I love, yeah. she's instantly drunk <clears throat> yeah there there were some great moments with that um her getting fired um was was it makes sense when you explain it it's like yeah the jury was you know you saved the jury, so the jury was, you know, influencing yep. by influenced by you. It makes sense, and I, I want them to bring in some of that um, legal legalese, that legal jargon, into the yep. the conversation, because I, I think it it elevates the series. I mean, it not only you didn't just get fired because you're you know seven foot green person, right? You got fired because you you lost the the case for us, and. Mm -hmm. So they they're not making you know snap decisions. They're actually putting some thought behind it. And if they continue doing that, uh, you know, this this series been promised to be like the, um, the you know like the Law and Order or the you know uh, Attorney at Law uh, thing. So if they start adding in some of those elements uh, each episode, I'm I, I'm for that. I, I would like that. Um, yeah. It it would make it um it would elevate it a little bit. Uh, over the uh, some of the blue humor, and I I mentioned humor being questionable. Like so, the first episode, um, they're they're getting drunk at the bar at the tiki bar, and they're you know having like a burp contest. They're like, okay, yeah. I don't I don't need burp contest. Yeah, well, was <laughs> but as long as they 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 do it subtly, no, don't overdo it, and kind of move on. I I think I think I can get past the blue humor here. Yeah, now I talked to uh, my buddy Kurt, who's been on the podcast a bunch of times, um, and and his he was kind of taken aback by how adult some of the phrasing is in this show. Like they're they're using a lot more profanity than he expected from a She-Hulk series. Um, you know, they they right on the verge of saying the F word in the last episode, um, but you know they said shit several times in the episode, and it just. It felt like, oh, and this is the seat. Like, you know, which which series would you imagine would push the envelope a little bit? Maybe something like Moon Knight. Maybe something like, uh, I don't know, a little more adult, a little more darker, not as silly, fun as She-Hulk. Um, 
didn't bother me any, but I, I do get that it did seem to come out of nowhere. It's like, what? We're doing this now? Okay. All right. Yeah, and I, I think that's going to continue. That's <laughs> She-Hulk, the, the character She-Hulk is very uh, mature person. Like, yeah. She she doesn't mess around. So I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Mature kind. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Going yes. I, I, from the trailer, we see that she like starts a Tinder profile and goes on a date uh, where she's aggressively pursuing a man. So um, yeah, I think it'll continue with the, with the more adult style humor in the series. That's, it was funny because uh, at first I had someone ask me, well, I was thinking, I don't know she from anyone else. And I, I was thinking like, well, maybe I could let my daughter watch this with me. And then I, I quickly, the first episode, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't think no, so. No. I don't <laughs> think so. That way, the, the themes are a little too adult, I think. Um, but I agree with you 100% about the, the law and order feel. And if they lean into that, it will elevate the series and separate it from the others. I think what's been great about every series is how they all feel a little different. They all have their own thing that they're doing. Um, and, and if they do the law and order thing, it'll be just one more series that separated itself from the bunch in another way, because they all do feel like their own little thing. Each one has its own theme or feeling to it. That's different. That, that differentiates it from the rest. So if, if they do that, that would be great. I, in fact, I think it would be better for it. Like right now, I'm kind of like. I'm enjoying it, but it's not my favorite. Um, it's OK. We'll see what happens. Um, but that could really elevate it for me if if it feels like its own thing. If only there was another lawyer in the Marvel Universe that could join the show, and then they yeah, could they have could. witty back and forth. Yeah, they could just pop yeah. if he could just yeah. some <laughs> he he or she they pop in at any point. Um, yeah, I, I I I worry about that. I do. I worry about Matt Murdock I, just because. I've, you know, I have such reverence for the Daredevil series and it was so dark and so grounded and gritty and like, I, I, I worry that they can't replicate that on Disney. Like it won't be quite the same. And I've already heard somewhere that his appearance in She-Hulk will shine more of, of the light on his lighter side. Right. And I'm like, mm, I don't even care to see his lighter side. I like him dark. I like him dark. We'll have to see. Uh, you know, they brought in Will, Wilson Fisk into the Hawkeye series. And huh. he he wasn't the level of Wilson Fisk or Kingpin-ness that we, we ex- saw from those. Um, yes. Uh, but it, he was pretty. He was punching, you know, or throwing around this little girl and not, yeah. you know. So it. it it's there. You maybe just got to work towards it. So they, if they introduce a daredevil into, in She-Hulk here and they just got to work up to it. I mean, that's, yeah. I think that's, and I hope, I hope that with, I, I hope that the fact that they changed some of the ratings for Disney plus and, and put a barrier there for more adult things, um, like they did, like you have to put in a password now if you want to watch more mature content on Disney Plus. And um, I, I'm I'm really hoping that that actually comes into play where it's like um, there's a real reason for that. You know, right. we do get some very adult, dark stuff, uh, maybe a little more violent. Because as much as I love what we get from the MCU, I I also really loved 
a lot of the stuff I've seen, like on Netflix, I love the Punisher. I loved uh, Daredevil all three seasons. So if we can get that level of, of, of dark and, and violent at times, I'd love to continue seeing that. So I, I, I hope for it. I'm hoping for it. Um, anyway, uh, back to this. So uh, she's fired and they, they show the, the title screen, which I love. They change from attorney at law to attorney for hire just for this <laughs> little episode intro. And then uh, now, I don't know if I wrote this down wrong or not. Is she is the next scene with her family or is the next scene when she's job hunting? She's job uh, job hunting. And yes. so there's a, a montage where she's going from office to office and they're, they're yes. all turning her down. <clears throat> yes. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see if I remember this one right. And. So at the end of that sequence, she's mm-hmm. back in her uh, apartment and her her uh, paralegal friend is there with her right. on the sitting on the couch. And yes. um, she's like she's almost given up. She's she's searching like mascots in uh, yeah. Switzerland or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. um, uh, that that screen's interesting screen um, that that's been popping up here and there that uh, that little <laughs> website. Yeah. Yeah, two two giant Easter eggs in the the headlines on this website. Uh, first of all, I really enjoyed that they finally acknowledged something that happened from Eternals. Finally, like you would think that with this giant thing sticking out of the ocean and this massive emergence that happened, that the world would be like on fire about it, you know. But I guess it's like compared to Thanos snapping half of life out of existence, that's like, eh, it's just a, <laughs> just a statue. But one of the headlines. One of the headlines says like something along the lines like what is this giant statue or why is there a giant statue sticking out of the ocean? Um, So we get that little reference. And then the next one is the most exciting for me and I'm sure for you as well. We finally get a reference to the X-Men other than the otherworldly Professor X that we saw in in Doctor Strange. um, We get a Wolverine reference. That's right. That's right. Yeah, one of the headlines reads um, something about like man with claws in a bar brawl. Something along those lines. Man um, fights with metal claws in a bar bar brawl. Yeah. That that's Wolverine. There's no other. I mean, there's nothing else. I mean, that's Wolverine. So I, I was on the uh, episode of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier where they go to Majapur, right? And I was yes. very excited about Majapur because that's that's traditionally uh, Wolverine as Patch, right? And yep. you know, I was like, ah, yes. oh, here we go. And yeah. now here's this. So we didn't see a Wolverine-like character in that um, in the the Princess Bar in Majapur, and. Nope. Now we get reference to this man with metal claws. Once again, it's on the screen for like a split second. It's off to the mm-hmm. side. It's one of the bylines. It's not even, you know, the main title. Yep. And they don't actually mention Wolverine. I mean, just stop teasing me. <laughs> it's been a long road. It's been a long road. And I guess they're going to continue teasing us until, what, 2025? Is that um, – so there's like um, – contractually they can't recast any of the x-men with someone else because those actors that were the fox x-men 
um, have it in their contract that they're, you know, they remain in, on on the books for like 10 years, whatever the contract says, right? So yeah. it, it sounds like, you know, um, unless you're Patrick Stewart coming back as Professor X, no one else can be Professor X, right? Um, right. So unless you're Hugh Jackman coming back as Wolverine, no one else is coming back as Wolverine. So they can make these little teases, but they can't actually give us anything until 2025. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, yes. <laughs> it seems like so far away but then again it's like with all the content that they revealed that's coming out and how often we're going to be getting content for the next three years through 2025 i mean there's basically constantly some mcu content to absorb over the next three years straight so um and what's interesting is 2025 is the only place where they have a bunch of unknown slots and so okay. my my theory is those are a good portion of them, at least, are X-Men related properties that they're going to be maybe not an X-Men film, but hey, maybe a um, Wolverine origin uh, anthology series on Disney Plus. That's what uh, that's what my friend Justin and I are hoping for. You get an era of his life in each episode. You get, you know. Uh, they they play out the origin comic and then they or maybe they don't maybe they give him a, a slightly different origin but then you get a weapon x episode you get you know all these different episodes throughout his life maybe an episode where he's patching madripoor the whole time um i can see it happening yeah it's, it's possible so that's my theory for the for the empty slots they haven't revealed yet d23 is in two weeks and I've heard somewhere that they're going to lay out what their plans are for some of the X-Men stuff at D23. So maybe we'll get those slots <clears throat> on that timeline that we saw with the with the question marked slots on it. They, they haven't announced a, a Deadpool, right? Uh, the next Deadpool movie. They haven't announced it, actually, no. So I'm thinking that might be on there, which is yeah. an X-Men yeah. film. Um, and then whatever else. I, I'm not sure if there'll be any X-Men films in there. Um, it's possible. If they're going to do a Secret Wars, right, maybe they stick in an X-Men film of sorts in there somewhere just to give us... Or maybe they give us another universe's version of the X-Men. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, very exciting stuff. At least a reference something, right? We got it's mutants something. in the last series. We got a mention of a, a man with metal claws in this series. Like, what's next? What's next? Man controls metal. We're going to get it in the next episode. Um, or, you know, something. You think they'll mention Namor is a mutant in uh, Black Panther? It's very likely just because they can. And we'll be getting closer to introducing the I, w I would have liked to have seen Namor be named the f first mutant in the MCU, much like he was the first mutant in the comic. Um, yeah. That would have been good. Okay, so we got that. I knew we were going to be talking about that one. So then we get the top. Uh, 
and, and that happened before, like before the that scene. But one thing I noticed about that is that whereas her job had a legitimate reason, you know, uh, uh, to let her go, all these other places are like, well, we don't want the spectacle, man. <laughs> Sorry, like we can't do it. Like it's gonna we wrong kind of attention. Um, but then she's approached by this gentleman from the law firm that she just took on uh, in the last episode. He wants exactly that. He wants the spectacle. Superhuman law division. So, but she doesn't know that yet. She's just like, yep, I'll take it. I'll take the job. I don't care what it is. Um, and then, you know, showing up the next day, he's like, yeah, I think you could, uh, you know, go green for a little bit here. Could we, uh, could you just stay in that form when you're at work? And then, uh, you're going to be doing, you're going to be dealing just with superhumans. That's your job here. So not exactly what she wanted. Like now she's forced like where before she was like, I don't, I don't ever have to be the Hulk. And now she's like, I'm, I always have to be the Hulk. Like that's going to be my job now. Yeah, it's it's definitely not what she she expected, and she goes into a little bit more detail uh, by breaking the fourth wall and giving her, you know, these these other guys didn't have to do this when they got hired. Why 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 is it just her that's putting up with this shit? And I I imagine that's you know the inner monologue of many many women coming into a, a, a you know an office space of like mostly men, uh, yeah. you know traditionally men, where you know I bet these guys didn't have to go through the the whole crap that I have to go through. So it's nice to have, you know, we, we talk about comic books being this medium where you could uh, address social issues through, you know, superheroes. So this is, this is almost her way of like, Hey, these are real women issues just being um, uh, expanded upon because I am a six foot or seven foot, you know, green giant. But you know, yeah, this happens all the time in all the workplaces and all these inner monologues is happening all the time as well. You're, yes. you're just now seeing it through this, you know, breaking the fourth wall and actually talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also that when she's doing the, uh, the breaking the fourth wall, you, you stop hearing uh, the commentary from the gentleman that's given her the lay of the land and you have no idea what he's saying. It's inaudible. And then she answers that she's agnostic to what he asks about. Um, and then it makes the comment that she's going to be, you know, worrying about what it is that she just said that about for the rest of the year. And yeah. I wonder if that's actually going to matter. Like if that, will we get a reference back to that? Cause that would be funny if like it was something in, that we hear about in episode four, like, no, but you said you were, <laughs> that you were agnostic. <laughs> I don't know. I doubt it, but I thought that would be interesting. No, that that was that was just uh, for laughs. Like yeah. I said, it's a very funny episode. And um, if if you want to go back, uh, she does um, she does meet with her parents, and they're the yes. that whole sequence is hilarious. Where you know, uh, what was it uh, Ched, her cousin Ched? Yeah. Yes, he, he got promoted uh, uh -huh. at at the Best Buy, so he's. He's both employed and promoted. Oh, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought it was funny because they made reference to Ched in the last episode, and it sounded as if Bruce was serious, and now we know he was being completely facetious. Like, Ched's the moron of the family. And, and he said that, like, Ched is the, uh, you know, 
the other genius in the family besides him and not Jin. So, and I, we, you know, I think most people watching it thought like, oh, well, who's Ched? You know, is he another uh, <laughs> smart banner? No, Ched's the moron of the family. It was a joke. It, the the dynamic, I, I guess family is always family because, you know, yeah. my family would, you know, rib on each other as well at the dinner table. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you have both a doctor and a lawyer. Oh, and now two superheroes. But we're still going to give you shit. I mean, that's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, got to. <laughs> question, though, if you have to choose. Are you team banner or team con? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'll go. I'll go with Team Banner. I'm know? going cons all you the way. Con? Yeah, I, I just, I'm so like warmed by that family. Like everything about Kamala Khan's family was so great. Um, You're right. You're right. Uh, the, the only thing, like, I appreciated what they were doing. Her family was very, very much like a normal family. I like that. I like that it, it felt like anyone else's family dinner that they'd be going to. Um, I, I like that the dad was like took her took her side and and was like supportive and trying to help out. Um, but I wasn't. I'm not sure on the dad's like delivery, and I don't know if it's it was to be funny or if it was just the acting that I wasn't liking. Um, but the dad is not my favorite. He's not my favorite character. But I appreciate that like the idea that he's like pulling her aside and saying like, hey, you know, you're gonna be fine. This is all gonna work out. Um, do you recognize that? Do you recognize that actor? No, 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 no. Who's that? So he was Larry on Perfect Strangers back in the eighties. You ever watched that one? It was Larry nah. and Balky were like two cousins, and it was a total, you know, odd couple situation where they they had the. But the uh, uh, Mark Lynn Baker, I'll, I'll just call call out that actor, and he, I haven't seen him in years. I you know. I, didn't know what he was up to but uh to have him show up in a yeah. like sitcom family type setting it, it, yeah. he fit he fit perfectly i was like yeah okay cool. we're doing this <laughs> okay well now i'm gonna be a little more bought in because i'm gonna go like oh this is a sitcom guy this is what he does total sitcom guy so this I, is i wonder i heard another podcast talking about um how the performances in this series feel a little bit like um more like stage acting and and i don't know if i agree with that or not but it definitely does feel like the delivery of stuff it's a little different it's like um yeah it is supposed to be comedic so it's almost like there's a they deliver a line and there's kind of a beat to wait for the <laughs> i don't know the the, the audience. audience to the laugh track to kick in yeah, yeah. definitely <laughs> yeah um but yeah so it could have been just that too like where that that was affecting me like like this feels weird the delivery feels a little weird here um, but yeah, I love the family, but there's no family like Kamala Khan's at this point I, in all of the MCU so far. I'm like, man, that's a great, fa they're so supportive yet. So protective yet. So they're just great. I love them and hilarious. I, I agree. I mean, it's the perfect supporting family for Ms. Marvel, right? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So she gets her job. Right. So she and she gets a corner office where we're back to the being a corner office. And um, what Pug comes in and mm -hmm. he has a little welcome basket with, you know, different things, including where the best place is to poop. 
And yeah. both girls, both girls say, thank you. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that was that was one that I a joke that I really appreciated in this episode. You're always going to get me with the poop humor, man. Like it's it's very juvenile and I'm very juvenile. So, yeah, I, I'll take it. I, I and, and who doesn't want to know where the best bathroom for pooping is? That's right. a thing. That's a real thing in a workplace. Like, where can I go? I won't be bothered. No one's going to come in, you know. I, I appreciate Pug. I hope we get more Pug uh, during the series, right? I, I think he's on Team Jen's side. Right? Yeah. I don't Absolutely. know how he would know where the best women's bathroom is for pooping, or maybe it's just like a general general bathroom for pooping. But hey, Could, could Pug, be. Pug is the inside man. He knows it all. Yep. Love and Pug. Uh, so Jen finds out, though, if she wants this job, there's a specific case that she's going to have to take on. And if she doesn't want it, then they don't want her. So it, it all hinges on this. And they tell her that he is going to represent uh, Emil. What's his name? Emil Blonsky. Blonsky. Yep. Yeah. Which is <clears throat> the abomination who tried to kill her cousin and, you know, destroyed lots of things in the process. And he's got a parole hearing coming up and he's going to represent him. Try to get him out early. So she's got to do a little soul searching on this one and like figure out if it's the right thing to do. And then she goes to meet him. Yes. Let me tell you, I was so thankful that, you know, I, I, I signed up to review episode two, not knowing anything about the schedule of the show and like yeah. who's going to be showing up. And I, I knew from the trailer that Titania was going to be a, a villain at some point. I was like, oh, please don't have Titania be in episode two. Make, yes. make it make it Emil Blonsky. And I was so thankful. I'm like, yes, we, we get some Tim Roth here. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big um, Quentin Tarantino fan and Tim Roth, um, you know, Mr. Orange in Reservoir Dogs. Perfect. So I, I he, he had almost like an orange jumpsuit on for this uh, this scene. I, I kind of like that. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Orange reference. Uh, but yeah, it was um, it was cool to see him again. We haven't seen him, um, at least in this franchise, as Emil Blonsky, Emil Blonsky um, not as the Abomination since the Hulk film. So it was it was cool to see him back. And with just all the confusion of, you know, um, what is like. Is that canon? And, you know, since it's a universal film and but clearly, but I love that they're acknowledging it all now finally as like real canon this actually happened um even though they had to switch the person and i love the i love the reference later where bruce is like yeah i'm a completely different person now literally literally yep. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <Very great. nice. laughs> that, that was great um so when she goes to visit him though he, he he's not in abomination form um he is tim roth and he he says uh, basically he takes really no responsibility for what he's done. He he's like you know this was the government man they they did this to me I I was just a a guy trying to serve my country help your country, um, and they pumped me full of these drugs and and made me into that. That's horseshit. <laughs> <laughs> they did I think give him the super soldier serum. But then he's the one that like went all out and got Bruce's blood and forced a man at gunpoint to inject it into him. So, um, yeah, yeah. Were you buying this um, Namaste 
No, not really, because you know, if you if you go back to Captain America, you know the the super serum sil- or, uh, serum just kind of enhances what's already there. So if you have a good heart, you become a, a good person, right? If you're if you're evil like the Red Skull, you become you know uh, evil you know on the outside. And so I I think you know Abomination became evil because. The Tim Roth character, the Emil Blonsky, uh, was yes. uh, evil to begin with. But he does make a compelling argument, and I can see him swaying Jen in this scene. And uh, uh, okay, I I do like that he kind of did, does that exposition dump of everything. In case you weren't around for Incredible Hulk back there, um, I, let me tell you all about it in you know the the ten seconds that we have. Uh, it's like I was I was. Uh, British born on loan with the US government and you know commando blah blah super serum all of it you know just just in case you you need a little ketchup yeah or if you or if you know you never acknowledged the hulk movie so you never watched it you know here you are um i'm i'm so glad and you know it would be really cool and i doubt we'll ever see it but it would be cool at some point to get a norton cameo as if he's from a different um universe or something i i don't think that would ever happen just because of the whole situation with replacing him and everything uh, i've heard him talk about it a little bit and um you know i think he would have been on board to continue playing hulk um it just it didn't work out that way um, i'm surprised we haven't seen more uh lou fringo fringo do a little cameo yeah. right yeah he, I, like, no, I think he, he had a cameo in that movie the did. incredible hulk um it would, you know what? I wouldn't, I would not put it past them to throw him in this series somewhere. Probably as a security guard because they like to make him a security guard. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. So um, that's one cameo to look out for. Yeah, for sure. And I think this series is going to be full of cameos. Like, and probably maybe not even cameos, like per se, not other characters we've already seen, but I think we're going to get a lot of. Um, deep cuts characters from the comics, like maybe kind of unimportant D-list characters, uh, especially when she goes to that, what it looks like a support group or something that she's sitting in on. I think we're going to get a lot of um, little references like that for the nerds, for the comic book fans, but that that people might not get who are casual MCU fans. But I'm looking forward to that. Like, who are they going to have show up? We've already got a Wolverine reference. We got a call back to Eternals. Um <clears throat> Yeah, we got Abomination back in human form, and that that's my the thing I'm most looking forward to in this series is who's going to show up, who we're going to see. There, there's talk Daredevil's going to show up, so we've got a, a lot of cool stuff to look forward to. Um. Anyway, she she meets with him. Uh, she's kind of on the fence, but yeah, he 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 makes a compelling argument, and then she goes home and she just wants to run it by Bruce. Uh. She calls as though she's asking for permission, but really she's just, he knows what she's doing. You're just, you're calling me to tell me you're going to take the job. And then uh, that's where we get that reference um, to that he's like a completely different person now. And uh, we, then it's revealed that he is on now the Sakaar ship that we saw earlier in the series. He's out in space somewhere. (laughs) Assuming he's heading to Sakaar, but why? What's yep. going on with Hulk? I, I I do like that they don't bother explaining. We don't explain how Hawk got onto the ship. 
Uh, don't explain where he's going. That's that's another adventure. That's one of those things where you're, you're reading the comic and it says, you know, see Incredible Hulk number 187, you know, for, you know, for more detail where you actually have to go and, you know, it's not explained in this this comic. You've got to go to a completely other comic to get you know, follow that story. And that that's nice. I really do like that. Yeah, it does feel like that. I wonder if it'll be like um, towards the end or maybe even an after credit after the whole series is over. We get some sort of revelation that will point us towards, you know, everyone's talking about like, are they building to a World War Hulk film? Are they going to? do another film with Bruce Banner, the Hulk. Uh, will he get his own film in the franchise? Because, you know, he, this version of him never got a solo film. And I don't know if they're going to do that or not. It feels like if they're introducing another Hulk, I don't know if they would do that. Maybe they would give her a film at this point, but you never know. You know, they gave, um, finally gave Black Widow her own film way too late. Um, yeah you never know you never know what they're going to do with the hulk um a lot of people are speculating that that there's a comic book storyline where yes he has a son on sakar and uh that's why maybe he's going back like they came to tell him hey by the way you got a spawn over here so you might want to come check it out um so it could be that could be that could be something totally unrelated to that they like to throw curveballs at us you know, especially the comic book people, they like to go, hey, uh, we're going to do this thing that looks just like what happened in the comic book, but then change what we're actually doing. Yeah, I did read that uh, Planet Hulk uh, miniseries where he was on Sakaar and um, there, there was a whole revolution and he, he like led the revolution as um, you know, the Hulk, the kind of the Hulk we saw in um, 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 Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, so it would kind of be going a step backwards from where he is now to That's reprise right. that role. Yeah. And then just the fact that he'd be returning to Sakaar after yeah. like it, it, it was almost like they already gave us that comic book reference, you know, back in Ragnarok. And yep. it would be kind of rehashing that, like, why introduce this world again and do it again? Um, so I don't know if that's it, but they could do the sun thing and that could somehow play in. That would be cool. That would be cool because maybe then we would get a Savage Hulk again. You know, maybe it would be his son. Maybe he's Smug Hulk from now on. Maybe Jen is able to transform at will. But this half alien, half Hulk thing is out of control. You know, there you go. Yeah, passing the torch. That's that's kind of where you need to set up. But uh, I, I I wouldn't be a big fan of. Scar, son of Hulk. I don't know. I don't know. I never read any of that, so I have no idea if it would be compelling or not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I will trust you on that. Um, So, after getting off with Bruce, uh, Jen calls up the the new boss, telling him, you know, she'll she'll take the case, she'll take the new job, and she's got the winning strategy. She's all, she's prepared. She can't lose with this strategy she's got in mind. And he's like, all right, great. Well, you might want to check out the news real quick. She does, and they reveal that Abomination has escaped from prison and been uh, participating in an underground fight club. Right. So now my question is, are they saying that this, are they placing this on the timeline at Shang-Chi or 
is this something that he has been doing at some like maybe someone's been sneaking him out to do this because if it's if it's Wong maybe going in sneaking him out which I don't know why Wong would ever do that um then maybe this is just a recurring thing and this time he got caught right I like to think that this is um, the the scene from Shang-Chi that, um, yeah. you know, I Me like too. to think that what I would want it to have happened is that the two, the, the film, uh, Shang-Chi, and this series would have been released at the same time to yeah. have that overlap. Um, be- that would have been great. Uh, you know, the... I, I was I was thinking back. They did that for um, Captain America: uh, Winter Soldier and mm-hmm. uh, Agents of Shield. Were you watching Agents of Shield at that time? No, no. it lined uh, up there though. It lined up because Shield, like all of Shield, uh, switched to Hydra or like a good yeah. chunk, you know, turncoat and became Hydra. And they did that for Agents of Shield, where they that the episode that lined up on the week. Um, that that movie was released, um, all of a sudden these S.H.I.E.L.D. agents turned on each other um, yeah. unexpectedly. And that's the only time in like the history of television where I can think that a movie so perfectly lined up with a TV show. And they Marvel did it once. I, I yeah. really wanted them to do it again if, the, the, if this is a situation where Shang-Chi and She-Hulk would have been released at the same time. That would have been... A, that, that would have uh, cemented where we are in the timeline for this series, right? And that would have been great tie-in with Shang-Chi, which does not tie in at all with, uh, I guess there is Abomination and there's uh, Wong, right? I mean, that's, other than that, it doesn't tie in anywhere else into the Marvel uh, MCU. And it, that those two things would have been perfect together. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it's like is as impressive as it is that they have done something really kind of never done before, which is like tie in. Well, first, first of all, tie all the films together, 20 something films, tie them all together into one long connected story. Um, and then to go the extra mile and start making series that also tie in, that's kind of a unprecedented thing. It's like, really want to impress us now. Let's, let's see a series and a film happen at the same time and actually intertwine that would impress me but you know it's it's like look feige you've done everything now we're not impressed by anything anymore i mean look at steve you're over here complaining that the series didn't line up with release date of a film (laughs) (laughs) a a film that would have came out during you know covid you know 2020 you know whatever yeah i i'm I get it. I agree, though. I agree, though. That is the next evolution of what the MCU is doing, is to also make it intertwine as it's happening. That would be awesome. So, like, maybe put out a series, even between, like, say, when they do Kang Dynasty, and then they do the other, uh, let's see, from first film, how it's, like, six months apart. If in that six months, man, they put out a series that types... That would be... So your second theory of uh, Wong is consistently like taking him out of prison to do this underground fight club. And why would Wong do that? Well, the answer is simple. He's a scroll. 
Yeah. I was going to say that. Like, well, I guess he could be a scroll. Um, and I've just recently found out from from another guest that I had that that scrolls can uh, they they copy you to to the genetic level, and so they actually have the powers of the people that that they are impersonating as well, not just their appearance. Yeah, and uh, if you, I, I just recently reread, um, you know, the the, the mini series where the the skulls kind of come in. Um, uh, and the sleeper agents don't even realize that they're skulls. They wholeheartedly believe that they are the person that they're impersonating. Um, oh, so they, you know, when when someone says accuses them of being a scroll, it's like, no, not me, no. And they, they don't uh, believe it. Yeah, totally don't believe it. So that's awesome. it, right now, you know, knowing that that's you know, Secret Wars is coming out uh, that. Um, um, not Secret Wars, but Secret Invasion. Um, it's coming out. I'm starting to look at everyone suspiciously. Like, yeah. could be a scroll. He's acting suspicious. Could be a scroll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I and I'm I'm like I was thinking that way back when uh, Spider-Man No Way Home was coming out and Doctor Strange was acting a little off. I was like, ah, oh, maybe he's a scroll. Maybe that's what's going on. Um, I don't know now. I, I, like after seeing all that that happened, it's hard to believe that that was an impersonation by by someone else. But um, yeah, I've been doing the same thing all throughout. Like I have a feeling they won't do it with any really big major characters. It's going to be like you know Sharon Carter's the scroll. Uh, you know people like that side yeah. character. It's only going to get worse from here on out. <laughs> yeah, everyone's a scroll up until Secret Invasion. Um, and then we find out none of the people we thought were scrolls. Absolutely. No, they were just acting weird. Um, I did notice one other thing I wanted to call out in this episode. Um, so at first, when they introduced Emil Blonsky, I was like, oh, this is that prison that uh, the, what were they called? The clandestines easily broke out of in the last episode. This crazy max security high-tech prison that they had no problem right. escaping from. Um, and I was going to make that call out like, oh, yeah, I'm sure they they so easily escape from this place. And then they end the episode with abomination escape. So I guess this place is just a, you know, people escape all the time. This isn't Alcatraz. <laughs> I, I did like the scene where, you know, they they stopped Jen from, you know, She-Hulk from coming into the prison saying uh, no, no superpowers inside. So they have her transformed back. She still has superpowers, dipshit. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, just because she's I'm right back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Um, so. The only thing we got left here is, is they did another uh, post credit scene in the episode, which I'm wondering, uh, I'm, I'm kind of betting they probably will now do a small one in each episode. They're not um, incredibly like. Important. They're no. just comedic little add-ons, um, and I appreciate that. Um, well, actually, with the exception of last week, I think that was a game-changing uh, post-credit to find out about Captain America. And it was it was one of the better post-credits because it didn't need, like, you know it didn't tease anything, but it really made an impact. Like, it, it, people were like, oh, that was good. That was good. That was a good post credit. Um, this one was way less uh, consequential. <laughs> it was just Jen helping out with uh, strongman duties around the house, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think they're all meant to just be a little, little last laugh right before the end credits, right? Yeah. And um, I do like, um, kind of like how uh, Moon Knight, each, each end credit or each kind of like changed over the series. So I, I noticed in this one, it they have different um, where she's standing in the standing in court as She-Hulk, right? Because I, I, I don't think that happened in the, the first one. Uh, and there's a little card where, you know, it shows a little map of where where the best place the poop is. Right. So it kind of calls back things that happen in the episode. They, they call back. So like that. It is nice that, you know, the, the attention to detail and Miss um, Marvel did the same thing. The attention to detail where we're in Jersey, you know, we're in Jersey City uh, this episode. Oh, we've switched locations. Now we're in Southeast Asia for this episode. So the end credits look a little different. It's not the same neighborhood that you're used to. Still yeah. color and vibrant, but just. Yeah. And even the, you know, on Ms. Marvel, even the um, the intro music right would be different depending on it, it like got more and more um pakistani uh like as it went it, the music changed it went from like an american style music to a very you know southeast asian style music uh, asian style music and i thought that was pretty cool too that was another thing that they did um in that series they're definitely putting a lot of effort into making these these series and i i really do appreciate that and even um um you know like jen's hair did mm -hmm. did you guys comment on this she has like jen as jen she has like curly hair kind of frizzy hair but as she hawk it's long straight you know flowing yeah <laughs> shiny yeah and they they made a made a mention at the the dinner scene where it's like hey my wife's a stylist. She can make your hair look like She-Hulk's. Yeah, right? let's get a little bit more She-Hulk. Yeah, because what you have now is not cutting it. You you need to be more She-Hulk. And um, <laughs> as Jen, she doesn't want to hear it. But <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I I wonder if that does she have the kind of frizzier, curly hair as Jen in the comics? Because um, I, I was curious why they chose to do that. Because like in real life, the actress doesn't have hair like that. She has very straight hair and it's blonde actually so um and i didn't even know what she looked like like you know um in civilian clothes <laughs> and i saw her in a video recently where she was commenting on the series with mark ruffalo and um yeah she's got like very straight blonde hair i was like this looks like a different human being than jen walters i saw her on um uh, perry mason the hbo show uh where she plays a blonde in that one so yeah, it's kind of interesting. Very different, very different. Yeah, it does look very different. <laughs> yeah, and with with her hair not being like curly, it looks very curly and, and kind of frizzy, like as the as as Jen Walters. And yeah, I don't know. That was a conscious choice, obviously, but I wonder why. Is it just to differentiate? Like, this is She Hulk. This is Jen. Like, very very different. I think so. yeah. yeah, definitely. So yeah. you are. Um, Pretty positive on the series so far. Looking forward to more. I, I am very positive. So, you know, like the the series I've been on, um, yeah, I was on Captain America or, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I was, uh, uh, that was, that's my high bar. You know, I, I don't think it gets any better than that so far. Same. And we but, are, we're in the minority on that. I don't know if you know this. 
No one uh, cares about that series anymore. I thought, I still think it's one of the best. I was on uh, Hawkeye, right? And Hawkeye, you know, right there, number two uh, yes. for my spot. So now that I'm on uh, She-Hulk, I, I I expect it to be number three by, yes. by the end of this, man. Three or better. Three or better. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, um, any predictions on um, which episode is Matt Murdock going to show up? And is there any characters that you are, are like hoping that if they pop up and make a cameo that would fit uh, with the with the whole like premise of the show? I think Matt Murdock. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it out now. I, I think he will show up. Ooh, uh, episode four. Episode, episode four. All right, marking you down. Episode four. Yeah. I'm 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 hold on. I'm I'm trying to rethink this next episode. Now, Jen has a line where she's like, "This won't be a, a cameo-ridden series." All right. Well, Hulk showed up. Yeah. Oh, and Abomination showed up. And oh, yeah. and so yeah. I think they're they're spacing them out. So each episode it'll, it will be a new cameo, right? So, <laughs> so yeah, it's. Gotta be uh, Daredevil. Uh, I now I want Lou Ferrigno to show up just randomly in the background. Hey, sure, I, I know. I know. <laughs> Before we recorded this, I didn't know that I wanted Lou Ferrigno to show up, but <laughs> I'm 100% want him to show up. It's like he must show up at this point. This is like if he doesn't show up, it, it's like it's gonna be how I felt when Owen Wilson didn't get a jet ski at the end of Loki. It's like. It's going to be the same feeling. Like, why would you do that? Why would you set it up like that? And then not what, well, not pay it off. There's always season two, man. It's it's just going to be jet skis all season. Very first episode, jet ski. And then he's just going to ride jet ski, right? Like it, yeah. they have like at this point, it's going to be like, if Daryl dies, we riot. It, it's going to be like, you know, if Morbius doesn't, or if, if, if Morbius, that's his name. Morbius. Mobius. 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 <laughs> not Morbius. Not Morbius. <laughs> Please, God, not Morbius. I uh, hope he doesn't make a cameo. That would be terrible. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm full on rooting for a Lou Ferrigno cameo now. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you doing this, man. Coming back again. Uh, I appreciate always getting your commentary. Actually, I haven't had your commentary in a while. I haven't had it, man. Well, I'm I'm I was gonna give you shit for um not reviewing I am Groot. Where where is that on your pantheon of uh review episodes? <laughs> well, I put it out there, I put it out there into the Twitter verse and I said, you know, would anyone be opposed to this? And they were like, No, no, go ahead and do it. We would love it. And then I uh I, I watched I Am Groot and each episode was was four minutes, uh three minutes of credits. And about one minute of show. And I'm where, like, again. Where he says, I am Groot, you know, about 20 yes. times. Yeah. I couldn't figure out how I was going to make enough content to turn that into even one single episode. Well, oh. the third time he said, I am Groot, you know, <laughs> I, I really think this happened. Deflection. It felt different. <laughs> yeah. Um, I enjoyed it for what it was. Honestly, the I am Groot series, it was like fun. It was definitely something that was like for my daughter. Um, I'm I'm surprised to hear that you actually watched it, that you took the time, because I I I just assumed that you skipped it entirely. So, <laughs> no, if it's MCU, I'm probably giving a watch. Um, I was uh, 
it was exactly what I was expecting. You know, a, a collection of shorts with Groot, zero dialogue, um, other than I am Groot. And uh, it was fun. Like, it was fun. It was cute. Um, but not enough content to talk about on here. I really did, like, I really debated it, though. Like, this is MCU-connected content. I should probably be talking about this. But well, now you've said... Uh, you've set a dangerous precedent now. So, you know, the next series that comes out and you're like, you know what? I don't think there's enough content for me to talk about. Just skip over it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, you know, maybe, maybe though that this episode, this mention that we just made of it will be enough to keep the people at bay who are like with the pitchforks outside, like where is Groot? That's right. I'm going to yeah. send in feedback um, next time. It's just going to be, I am Groot. It will, will be the only only words in the... <laughs> I read it with different inflections. You'll just, like, put it in paragraphs, and I'll just have to figure out how it's supposed to sound. Yeah, yeah that's right. All right. Well, great. thanks, Brett. I, I appreciate uh, you coming in. And, yeah, man. Uh, it's a good one. time. And I hope that uh, I hope you can make it back for the roundtable as usual. Oh yeah, yeah, and I, I'm glad I got this episode. This was a good episode, so I'm 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 very happy. It was. Th thanks again, man. No problem. Thanks, Brett. All right, ladies and gents, you know the drill. That that's the that's the end of the conversation. This is where I wrap it up. This is where I tell you to, once again, go follow Steve Vanvard. Make sure you do. He's an interesting guy. He's, he's got some great commentary on anything that he's talking about. Um, yeah, go follow him. Facebook, um, wherever else he is. I'll, I'll put all the links in the description, like I said, to his podcast, to his Facebook group, all that good stuff. Um, also, if you want to follow me on social media, once again, you can follow me at RealBrettScott. Not only on Instagram and Twitter, but now on TikTok as well. I feel really silly saying that. I don't know why. I don't know why. I feel like I've aged out of, of the age I should be on TikTok. But what are you going to do? I enjoy TikTok. I enjoy the videos that I see on there. So why not contribute my own? All right. If you're at all interested in extra podcasts, bonus content, behind-the-scenes stuff... Um, video versions of the podcast, please go check out the Marvel Plus Patreon at patreon.com slash Marvel Plus. Link to that is always in the show notes as well. Um, send an email if you're interested in being a guest. I've still got a few slots open uh, for the end of this season of She-Hulk, and I'm, I'm wide open for whatever series is next. So if you're interested in coming on here and, and spilling your guts about the MCU and, and these Disney Plus series, then please send me an email at marvelpluspodcast at gmail.com, um, or you can reach out on all the other uh, social media places as well. But the, the best place if you want to be a guest is, is the email, the direct email to the show. So hit me up there first and foremost. What else? Marvel Plus merch. I've got one shirt design available right now. It is the regular Marvel Plus logo, and I'm working on a second Marvel Plus logo. Uh, that I may be switching to in the future. So if you guys want to check that out, I'll be uploading that soon as well. But if you go over to T Public and search Marvel Plus, once again, link will be in the show notes for that. Um, look, man, the shirts are pretty cheap on, on T Public. They're, they're really not expensive, and it's good quality stuff. I've got a couple listeners who have already received their shirts, and I think the shirts look great. I, I don't have one yet for myself, um, but a couple of our... our uh, 
listeners do. And so you can also, you can see those shirts on my social media at Real Brad Scott or on Facebook or anywhere you look. If you can't find the the store by looking on tpublic.com, that's T-E-E public.com, and then just searching Marvel Plus, then you can always click on the link in the description, in the show notes. I'll always put it, everything I talk about down in the show notes. So yeah, go pick up some, uh, you know, decently priced Marvel Plus merch, the first Marvel Plus merch that I've put out. Uh, I've got a bunch of prototypes sitting around the house of like uh, different stuff that I want to put out, like bowls and cups, and there's even a pair of socks, I think. Um, like I said, take a look at that on my social media. I've definitely posted some of that stuff. And any stuff that you find interesting or cool, speak up, because I, you know I might actually put it into practice. The Tee Public page is just kind of a, a placeholder for now, uh, putting those shirts out there. I will, in the future, uh, be you know, kind of creating my own website for that, my own store, and I'll be putting together, and uh, my wife is going to be helping me manufacture our own uh, merchandise, so, but in the meantime, you want to support Marvel Plus, if you want to, you know, get some cool Marvel Plus threads, go over to T Public and check that out. Um, great show coming up for you next week, like I said, I've got the next five or six weeks already planned out. I know all the guests. I'm not going to reveal it here. You'll just have to wait and find out. But a great slate of guests coming up uh, for episode three through nine. A lot of people that you have not heard from before. Brand new guests to Marvel Plus and also some returning favorites. And I might even throw in another crossover episode with the comics in motion folks. So that's always a lot of fun. All right, guys, uh, that's going to do it for the episode. I will catch you in one week's time for episode three. Did I call it Ms. Marvel a minute ago? It's She-Hulk. What the hell am I talking about? Episode three of She-Hulk in one week's time. Thank you for listening. As always, my name is Brett Scott, and this has been Marvel Plus.